Jesus, we thank you so much for this place to be this morning, to gather with your saints, to hear your word, and to be refreshed by your presence. And God, what we pray is that you would um, just prepare our hearts to receive uh, what you have to say to us today. God, that, that we would break up the fallow ground of our heart and that we'd hear what you have to say. God, let that seed be planted in us, God, and that uh, that it would be uh, packed safely away in, in our hearts, God, and that it would uh, grow, God, and that it would bear fruit. God, I just pray that... Um, you would organize my thoughts, clarify my thoughts, Lord, and help me to bring forth exactly what it is that you want to say this morning. Uh, God, and that, um, that you would just remove every barrier to um, uh, your word being communicated to your people. God, I just pray it and ask it in your righteous name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Luke 18. I have been kind of hovering around this scripture for weeks now. Um, so the the thing that I, I wanted to talk about today that I have been seeing in, in my own life and other people that I talk to is we have a tendency to forget to bring the power of God to bear on things. We forget that we can do that even. We there's this, at first glance, it seems like there's a lot of um, contradictory things about Christianity because, uh, you know, for example, in this case, there are things that God expects of us because he's given us power. But then there are things that we just can't do and we need him to do. And so what I've seen is that that's a place that we really have a tendency to get tripped up is trying to find that line of what is what is God expecting me to do and what is what do I need to just leave to him um, and if I could just throw out a general guideline for that um, if if you have something that's so large you couldn't possibly fix it or something that there literally is nothing that you could do to change it that's a good place to just Leave it to him. But a lot of times what we do there is we we think, well, I just need to push harder. I just need to flex more muscles. I just need to, you know, try again. And um, there's a lot to be said for grit but uh, and stick-to-itiveness and, and you know, all that good stuff. But um, uh, sometimes what we really need is to just bring the, the presence of God into the thing. Because he's, he's such a gentleman. If you, if you want to keep trying, he'll, he'll just watch you run into the wall and be like, ooh, that's going to hurt. And it's like, I'm going to knock this wall down, period. And God's like, oh, well, I don't know about you knocking the wall down, but eventually... You you will you will realize that you're going to need some help. Um, so so Paul said that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And so we have this power that is inside of us that's that's not of our own. So God has given us power. You know, don't don't get me wrong. Um, 
because there's also that there's that equal and opposite errors of I have to do everything and I can't do anything. And, and you don't want to fall into either of those because the truth is actually somewhere in the middle. But here in Luke 18, in verse 1, it says, And he spoke parable to them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So right away he's talking about, because um, he's getting ready to tell you this parable about somebody needing something. Um, and it's and it qualifies it by saying that this is about praying and not fainting. If you're praying for something, uh, then that to me that would be an indicator that you're either praying that God would do this for you because you can't, or that He would help you to do it. Um, so in either case, you're you're looking to the power of God and not not your own ability. So he spoke a parable to them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, nor regarded, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. I love this. This is like one of my favorite parables because it's like having children. Yeah. Children have heard what the unjust judge saith. It's like, it's like if I push on mom and dad long enough, and then I will get what I want. It's like, uh, it's uh, what is it, Balak and uh, bringing Balaam up to curse Israel. And, he's, and, and he, of course, he blesses them. And he's like, no, I wanted you to curse them. What, what if we did it from over here? It's like Sam I am. It's like green eggs and ham. It's like, you, you curse them over here. I will not curse them over here. I will not curse them over there. I will not curse them anywhere. So we, uh, you know, I mean, my kids are really good at that. Especially my oldest. He will push and push and push until he gets what he wants because he has this, he's like, I, this is good for you. That You're going to be happy that you gave this to me. It's like, yes, I will because I'll have some peace and quiet. Um, but um, but that, that's another issue because obviously you can't do that when you're parenting all the time. But anyway, um, but Jesus says, uh, hear what the unjust judge says. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night to him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? So, um, uh, no, no show of hands, but have you ever been talking to somebody about some issue in your life that's been dragging on for a long time? They're like, well, you know, well, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll pray about that. It's like, oh, I've been praying, and it's not happening. And you're all chuckling because you've all said it, <laughs> and uh, uh, and so I like what he says here because he says, yeah, he'll do it. He may bear long, you know. You may have to ask him and ask him and ask him and ask him, and I. What's so precious to me about this parable is that, you know, I'm, I'm not one to harass people, which is kind of difficult being a salesman. It's like if they're ignoring me, I don't really want to keep going after them and, and haranguing them. 
uh, because it just, it's, I don't like that. But uh, God is literally inviting us to wear him out with our needs and with our, with our petitions. So, um, so he says that he, that of course he's going to do it. Uh, it, uh, so he may bear long with you, and uh, but then he he follows that up by saying he'll avenge them speedily. So um, our idea of speedily and his idea of speedily are not always the same, because uh, we are just people and um, our life goes by in the blink of an eye. So um, uh, and and if you don't believe me, then just wait until you get a little bit older. Um, so, but he says that, um, that that when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Because you have to believe that God's going to give you what you're asking for. And so there's there's lots of great stuff all through the New Testament about this, especially um, you know in, in James he says that that you you know you ask and you have not because you're asking amiss. So, you know, if you're praying for a Maserati, then you're probably asking amiss. Because I can't think of any reason you would need one other than that they're cool. Um, but, um, you know, when, when, we, when we pray within the will of God and, and we're asking to have his will done in us and we're looking to him to, to lead us and on what, what our desires even should be and, and, and what our needs really are, then uh, it really brings you into the sense of faith. It's like, wow, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm asking according to his will here, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking in his name. It's like you're checking off the list. You know, I'm, I'm a list person. I like to check, have checklists for things. And it's like I'm, I'm following all these little tenets that he's given me for asking for this stuff. So, therefore, <laughs> uh, it's going to happen. And that, that seems awfully clinical and cold, doesn't it? Maybe that's just me, but um, that's kind of how I, I've always looked at it. Uh, but then he goes into this next parable and he says, and he spoke this parable to certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I get tithes of all that I possess. And this publican, standing afar off, would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, but he smote on his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself should be abased, and he that humbles himself should be exalted. Now, there's a lot of... Uh, directions you could go with that parable. Uh, for our purposes here, I, I like how he mentions these two in succession. Because in both of these cases, you have somebody who needs something from God. You know, this, this, this widow is coming to this judge because she needs something that she can't get on her own. And this, of course, the Pharisee comes in with I've got this all together, I've got my duckies in a row, I'm you know rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing because I'm really righteous, and the, but then you have this publican that 
that wouldn't even look up and wouldn't even really come up up front and, and is asking God to be merciful to him. And, and it's interesting because he says that this man went down to his house justified. The word is literally to be declared or rendered as righteous. So, uh, so it's like he did the right thing. And um, so obviously that's kind of what the Pharisee is looking for in a roundabout sort of way. He just thinks he already has it. Um, but the the idea that you get from this is that the publican went home getting what he needed from God and the Pharisee didn't. And so the Pharisee didn't because in his self-righteousness he, he, uh, he believed that he had the ability he needed already to, to, to get it done. So, so in both of these cases, then we have somebody that is in need, and they, the reason that they could get what they needed was their need and their 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 faith that uh, if I keep asking, and if I just keep if I keep asking, I'm going to get it. Or and and this the sense of humility that this publican brings in, because that's I think one of the things that defeats our faith sometimes. Um, when we when we go to pray is because we don't feel like we we feel like this publican but in the wrong sense and we we feel like well I'm 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 such a low life uh, pile of awful that that God's not going to he why would he answer my prayer and it's like well that's not really the right way to look at it because you obviously have value because he died for you so. That would be his estimation of your value. God's estimation of us, of, of anything really, is, is often a bit different than what we would come up with. I was just uh, talking with Cynthia in the car about uh, Sarah, uh, how it says that you know she laughed when when God said she was going to have a, a baby, and because she was you know ancient, and you bumped into her and dust came off, even though she was really pretty. And she thought, there's no way I'm going to have a baby. Ha, 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 ha. And, and God, you know, of course, in the, when you read the story there in Genesis, he, God calls her on it and she denies it. <laughs> and he's like, no, you, you, you laughed. Yeah. And uh, so a lot of church-going folk would say, well, she just forfeited her promise then. There's no way that's happening for her now because she didn't believe it. She didn't hold on to it and flex until it until the promise came to pass, you know. But then you read God's estimation of it in Hebrews, and it said that 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 she by faith she she received strength to conceive seeds. Like, wait, she, she did? I thought she laughed. You know. So so God God overlooks the. You know the the laughter and the sense of eh, I don't know, but uh, so God's estimation of us, of you, is certainly different, almost certainly different than what your estimation of yourself would be. Um, and I think that's one of the greatest things that God gives us when we have children, because your kids come to you and they they want something or they need something, and and you don't think. They're so unworthy of bringing me this request. How dare they? You know, it's like you would never think that about your children, even if they were rascals, even if they were like totally in the doghouse. 
of not following your rules and so forth. And uh, you, you would still think, well, yes, of course I would make you breakfast. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes we, we think that God wouldn't do something that we need like that because, well, we're just, I'm such a loser. You know, and and so you know, faith says, "Well, I, I'm not I'm not worthy of God doing these things for me, but I know that He would because He loves me, and and because He told me to ask." And so, <clears throat> and and I love that God asks us to ask because I'm not an asker. I don't like to ask people for things. I don't like to. I, I have a hard time like asking Cynthia, will you get get me a cup of coffee? It's like it's it's in there, it's done brewing, I'm sitting there in my little blankie. I don't want to ask her. It's like I'll just kinda of sit there for a little bit and hopefully she'll bring me one. And if a few minutes go by and she does and I'll just let's ah, go get myself a cup of coffee. Because I don't want to ask. And so if I don't want to ask my wife for something as small as please bring me a cup of coffee, you can imagine how much I dislike asking people for things. And so I think it's really cool that God asks us to ask him. because. And the great thing is you've probably dealt with people that wanted something from you or wanted you to do something, but they didn't tell you. They just sort of figured you would get it by these like psychic brainwaves that they were putting off. That, that's like, this is what I want you to do. It's like... It's like I saw this thing once that's like if there are some people that if they designed the stop sign, it would say, if you really knew me, you'd know what to do right here on a red octagon. But stop is way more efficient yeah. and it kind of plainly tells you what the expectation is. So I, I've dealt with people before that's like, well, I wanted you to, you know, I can't believe you didn't blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you didn't ask me to. You didn't tell me that was what you wanted or that was what your expectation was. Um, you know, it's like I've told my kids many times, like I can't read your mind. It's like you got to tell me if you want something. And so the great thing is, is God can read your mind, and He does know what you want. In fact, He knows what you want better than you know what you want. Sometimes the stuff you think you want, He's like, no, you don't want that. <laughs> Again, like having kids, it's like, Dad, I want this useless thing here, and it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> it's like I, I will buy it, and it will be broken before we get home. And, and you will be disgusted. And then you will ask me, can I have this one instead? This action figure's index finger is crooked slightly different. And it's like, no, no. So, uh, <laughs> so God knows what, what it is that you want, but he wants you to ask him. So, again, there's that sense of need that we have. And God is wanting us to bring His power to bear on the thing, and we do that by asking, and we and we do that by um, by holding to Him. Uh, go with me over to Genesis 32, another place that I have been hovering over for weeks now. If you if you talk to me regularly outside of church, that you are probably tired of hearing about this, but we're going to read about Jacob wrestling with God. So, um, of course, you know, and Jacob is a great example of what we're talking about here because God gave him this promise that all of his father's stuff was going to be his, that he was going to have it all. 
but he labored and labored and labored under this idea that he had to get it. And so much of the time, that's what we do. That's what religion will teach you. It's like you have to do more. You have to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And if you're not feeling encouraged enough, maybe you need to, like, you know, teach a youth group or something, or teach a Sunday school class, and, and that'll get you all motivated. And, and and you'll be able to point to that and be like, man, look at me, I'm really producing. Like that, but that's not that's not what God's after. And so, so Jacob. You know, God blessed his efforts, uh, as they say in the South, bless his heart. He um, did all of this stuff to take everything of Laban's, including his daughters, and um, but he believed that he had to take it all. He believed that he, you know, starting with with uh, the birthright, because he 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 believed that he had to take it from Esau, or that that he would be left with nothing. And so, of course, his name means supplanter because he uh, he he stole that rightful place of of Esau there. But here in in Exodus, or in Genesis 32, he's he's got everything from Laban now, and and now he's going home to the real thing that God's actually promised him all along, which was his father's inheritance. And. Um, he he believes that he's uh, he's going to meet big old hairy Esau, uh, who's going to be a fuming rage monster and kill him, and uh, and so he's wrestling with what am I going to do about this? So does he have a need? Yeah, he has a need. He would like to live through tomorrow, and he would like to keep his his uh, at least his two favorite wives. So that would. Probably make more sense if we lived in Utah, but <laughs> yeah, I totally just said that out loud. Um, I can't imagine having more than one. How would you have more than one? No, exactly. You know, no man can serve two masters, so you, know, you can't do that. I just I can't I can't imagine it. It's like you know have you ever talked to somebody that only had one child, and they were like, oh I couldn't I I couldn't possibly have another child. I couldn't love them enough. It's like oh you clearly only have one child. You know, wives are not it's not the same thing. You're you're not going to love them the same, and you probably will not survive the whole process of getting more than one. That usually makes leaves you with none. It's like one plus one equals zero. <laughs> so, but Jacob here is hoping to keep his favorite wives and his favorite children. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, I can't hardly wrap my brain around that. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so in verse 22, and he rose up that night and he took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons, and he passed over the Fort Jabbok. And he took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. You know, the cool thing is, is that God puts us in places where we have, we have this support around us because we have, we're part of a body, and and so you know we talk through our issues with, you know, with people that are that we're close to and things like that. 
uh, and encourage each other, and, and that's a blessing. But eventually you come to this place where you're just it's just down to you and God wrestling through the thing. Because ultimately nobody can can help you there. Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And you know what's funny here is when you read this, it's uh, there's a few too many pronouns here. It's kind of misleading because I read this and I think, of course, Jacob's not prevailing against God, but it's actually saying that, that this, this man that he's wrestling is not prevailing against Jacob. So when he saw that he prevailed not against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So, of course, God crippled him. And, uh, um, you know, I was a boy. I grew up wrestling. So I, I, I know what it's like to uh, come away from a wrestling match feeling crippled, not permanently, but like, okay, I'm done now. So you can... And I don't know, the the way that he, he limps after this, I don't know, I think you probably all have hurt yourself at one time or another where you realized, oh man, that's serious. And uh, that's that's kind of a bad feeling. And so now, and I'm, I'm sure the first thing that Jacob thought of was, great, now I can't, I'm not going to be able to run away from Esau tomorrow. Uh, when I, the first day I had my driver's license, I flipped my car over into a creek and and ended up upside down, dangling from my seatbelt by my waist. And I, the first thing I thought of was not, hey, I'm alive, or anything like that, was, I can't afford another car. I'm not done paying for this one. <laughs> so um, it's funny, the first thing you think of in, in those kind of moments. Of course, I was too young to realize that, hey, I'm alive is actually probably a bigger deal than... Of course, then again, I was going to have to tell my parents that I wrecked my car on the first day of my driver's license. And so, death may not have been such a bad option. <laughs> yep, And so, it was fun. You know, My mom was just like, oh, I'm so glad you're okay. And my dad just went on and on and on about how stupid and foolish it was, because it was. Um, and eventually, I was like, "Yeah, I know." It's like I kind of got that. I, 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 that was totally stupid, and and now I get to deal with it. So, thanks. And he finally got the idea. I think my mom may have given him a look, and uh, that was the last I heard of it. So, you know. what's that? What's that movie? Uh, my big fat Greek wedding. It's like, yes, the, the man's the head of the house, but the woman's the neck. She can turn his head whichever way she wants. So, yep. women can turn your head more ways than one. So, um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I was doing all right until y'all started laughing. <clears throat> okay. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. So, you know, so here's this thing. It's like Jacob has this. <laughs> okay, I really need y'all to stop laughing. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, so Jacob has this this 
need now. And now he has been crippled by this this angel of God, by the presence of God. And so now now God is like, okay, let me go because it's we're done now. And Jacob said, I am not letting you go until I get what I need. And so we come to that place in our life where God puts us in a place where we have come to the end of our ability, the end of our strength, the end of, of everything that, that grit, spit, and stick to can do, and we need something more. And we need something that only God can do. That's why I started out saying that sometimes we forget to bring the power of God to bear on something. We, we just think, oh, I can figure this out, or I just got to deal with things as they come. And, and actually, we can ask him. David said, I will call upon the Lord. And uh, who's worthy to be praised? And so shall I be saved from my enemies? When you read that psalm, uh, you read that and he starts out talking about how everything was turning against him. And his enemies were closing in. And, and then he describes God's reaction to somebody bothering his precious. And he's, there's smoke and fire and the heavens melting and... God makes darkness his pavilion. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds scary. And, you know, in Proverbs it says that uh, uh, the wrath of the king is as messengers of death. <laughs> so it's like you don't want to anger the king. And so when, uh, so when somebody is, is harming his precious, you, then it's like there, there's this wrath of the king that happens. But but he's waiting, and and it's not that he won't rescue you from destruction, but he's just waiting for you to call on him, and uh, and that's where the power comes. Because you read through that psalm, and God, and David's like, man, I, it's like by by my God, I ran through a troop, and by my God, I leaped over a wall, and like I smote them until they couldn't rise, and, and it wasn't because David was a mighty soldier. Of course he was, but he he did all those things because he called on God. And, and the power of God came through for him. So that's where Jacob is at here. He's saying that I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm, I'm calling on you to do something for me that I can't do. And I, I need you to do it. And so uh, he says, uh, and, and he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, you have power with God and with men and have prevailed. So, of course, Israel I means the prince of God or ruling with God. And so when you are an authority figure like a prince, for example, then the, the power of the throne is, is behind you. And it's behind the things that you do. And... Uh, and you know, I, I love the the example that Ron always uses about the military. It's like you have like these guys out here in the middle of the jungle that need help. It's like they call for help, and they they bring out the big guns. And and we forget we forget to call on God to bring out the big guns. Sometimes we just think, well, I just gotta just suffer through this and get through it, and and uh, and just figure it out. And if I if I grit my teeth long enough, I'll I'll just this will be all right. It's like, well, maybe. But wouldn't it be better to 
have ask God to bring out the big guns, or maybe you just need Him to give you a heads up on something before it happens. So it's like, man, God, you know, God's been showing me that about about my job. It's like you you need me to you, you should ask me. It's like, hey, by the way, give me some wisdom on this thing and warn me ahead of time if I'm about to get us into something that's a mess. Because I'm always getting us into stuff that turns into a mess for everyone else to clean up. And uh, some of that is just learning. But, um, but God's been showing. It's like, man, ask me. You know, ask me for some help on this thing. And it's like, yes, of course you can do this job. But how much better could you do it if you asked me for help? Yeah. And if, you asked, if, you, if you called on me and brought my power to bear in the thing. And so it's like, that's how life is. It's like, sure, I could limp through life, you know, and uh, like Jacob, um, it, without ever really coming to that conclusion that, wow, I need to call on God. And, of course, he, that's how he ended up limping, was because he held on to God until he got the thing that he needed. And I don't know that he really thought he got what he needed, necessarily, um, except for I'm sure he knew what Israel meant, and, and he and he understood what... what what he was saying to him that that he that he had prevailed with God. So I guess he, I assume I suppose he would have known that he had gotten what God had, had given him. But sometimes you just have this sense that the answer is on its way, and I don't know what it is, but I, I just feel settled on this issue that we're you know, we're we're done wrestling about this now. And so so we can approach our our problems in life with this sense of I have to push and strain and get and do to get what I what I need from God, uh, or I can I can call on His power to do it, and and then in order to let Him do it, I just got to surrender to Him and just let Him do what He's going to do. Because sometimes when God answers our prayers, and it's like getting on a roller coaster. It's like you're, you know, climbing up that big long hill, clickety clackety clickety clackety clickety clack, and you're thinking, "What have I gotten myself into?" I I love roller coasters, and I still think that every time. I'm like, "Oh man, here we go." I love the one at Silver Dollar City that doesn't give you time to regret it. It just takes off like zero to sixty in a few seconds, and uh, and then you and it as you're going up this hill, it looks like you're just going to sail off into nothingness, which is awesome but life feels that way sometimes and sometimes God answers our prayers in a way that we did not anticipate because a lot of times we think that God's not going to answer it if we can't figure out how he's going to so it's like well there's just no answer for this I'm not even going to bother to ask God because he's not going to be able to figure it out either you know it's like well yeah he I think he could figure it out he, he's pretty sharp but um Sometimes, though, it's like we find ourselves on this this journey, as it were, that we did not expect to go on, this ride that we did not expect to go on when God answers our prayers. Um, but uh, but it's awesome because He keeps us through those places, and 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 it's His power that that gets the stuff done in our life. So uh, so I guess to summarize, there's a lot of things that we that we try and just deal with on our own and um, and there are things that um, that 
things that we can't do, things that we could do. But in either case, what God is wanting us to do is ask for Him to bring His power to bear. That's how Paul could say that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because it's the power of God that lives inside me. So, Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. God, and I just I pray that You would indeed find faith on the earth. You know, that You would find it in us. And that, that we would bring our needs to You in a confident expectation. God, and that um, that we would remember to to bring Your power to bear. God, just like the widow in that parable. Um, God, knowing that she needed something from You and that, that the only way she was going to get it was to just keep coming and coming and coming. God, You've been talking to us so much lately about not giving up and not, not quitting in the middle of a project, but to hang on. And God, we just pray that You would bring that to pass in all of us. God, that, that You would stir our hearts toward that that decision of, of casting our all in with You. God, that there would be no backup plans, that there would be no um, safety nets, God, but Your presence. God, we just pray in Your name. And we just pray that today do what only you can. God, that you would uh, have preeminence in this place and that your spirit would do as only it can. God, in every heart, you are that great meter of needs. God, and we are bringing our needs to you God, and asking you to bring your power to bear on them. God, we just pray it and ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.